movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 20. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right, man. Um, it's been a it's been a long week. Uh, <laughs> Monday, I got a little banged up a little bit physically. We had like added an extra training session, and I've just been struggling to recover since then. So I've just been kind of tr- taking it easy this week. And yeah. now the weekend comes, and work is like, hey, you know how we haven't been stressful in a while? Let's let's just go ahead and, and uh, be stressful. That sounds about right. Well. Unfortunately, the Super Bowl didn't warrant as many news headlines as we were kind of hoping that it might. Um, Not to mention it was a boring game, a bad halftime, and kind of lackluster commercials. But we got some stuff out of it, so we're going to break down some of the news that came out of that. Some of the other movie news that's come out this week, and and not our spoiler discussion. What am I even talking about? Our discussion today will be the best and worst of Stephen King adaptations over the years more or less piggybacking off the most recent pet cemetery trailer but first yeah. another trailer one of the only standout trailers from the super bowl and honestly one that doesn't show that much but does show a lot at the same time the end game trailer josh before i say anything what did you think of the end game trailer um <laughs> i it added a little bit more for me, but I mean, <laughs> so anybody that's friends with us knows that you and I have been at odds a little bit about this movie. You, I, at odds? Never. Never. We, no, we always agree on everything. Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, but see, you're back on board. With my with my uh with yes, my opinion. Actually, before you go any further, I would like to formally apologize to Josh. I kind of got <laughs> off this um I I got off the train of thought that Captain America was gonna die. I was thinking, okay, he's gonna live happily ever after with Peggy Carter in the past. After watching this trailer, nope, Josh, Josh, I'm back on your side. I'm sorry, I doubted I'm back. Cap is totally yeah. a dead man. So, so here's the thing is I can't quite I, I can't tell if Marvel is in fact end it, trying to end it with not in the sense that you know we're, we're not going to make di- uh, Marvel movies ever after this, but I think Avengers is going to be done for a little bit for a little uh, after this. But you know I could be wrong. I, but no, I say I actually, that I could see where you come from, and I kind of agree. Yeah, because not because. Uh, you know, the Avengers won't be around, but because I think after this, they're going to need some, uh, some, uh, good recouping. And, uh, cause I think, I, I really think that this movie is going to do everything for me that infinity war didn't. I think if based on this trailer alone and not necessarily with, with tra- with, uh, people dying, but I think that this this one's going to be more hard hitting than Infinity War. And you, I've been very pretty vocal about my opinion on Infinity War. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the uh, the the small small short shot of uh, of Cap and with with his shield, it could mean a lot of things. It really could. So. I'm open for interpretation. Also, I am with the shot that of Ant-Man suiting up. Uh, I'm wondering if we're wrong. And no, nope, I'm not back. But, I apologize for the Captain America one. I'm not backing off the Ant-Man theory. No, so so let, let me. I got you, dude. I got you. I wonder for uh, part of me wonders if we're wrong, but also I'm still on the bandwagon of our discussion that he's he's a scroll. And yep. that he's that they have the technology just to mimic, like not fully do, uh, a man's powers, but to be able to mimic them to a certain degree. Mm. So you brought up that shot, more or less the only shot people are really talking about from this trailer with Captain America's shield. I hadn't even thought about this until you mentioned it briefly about the shot with the shield. What if he goes out Spartan style and goes out on his shield? 
Yeah. Symbolically of Iron Man gives him back his shield and he goes out on that shield means so much more. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that's my the thing is I think if Cap is going out in this movie, we, you've got to give him the proper send off. I've never been the one to say that he's got to go out like no, like like it doesn't matter. Like because as much as I don't like the character, his character does deserve a certain amount of respect. You mean and, Cap and Iron that, Man? Uh, Cap. Really? I know, you don't I'm like not, Cap? I I've never. I've always thought he's a little wooden in his deliveries, and it's I I personally couldn't get behind him that much. But, however, that saying that, I could always get him behind, more behind him than I could Iron, Iron Man. For me, I started out with Iron Man being my favorite, like with Iron Man 1. And then over time, it definitely reversed. I thought Captain America was the dumbest one that I didn't like too much. And then um, Winter Soldier happened, and he became my favorite Avenger. And then as time progressed with Iron Man, I just hate him more and more as a character because he never takes accountability for his actions and always blames other people for it, which is something a heel does um, and causes the deaths of a lot of people but never takes responsibility for it because he's the fun, joking character. They never want to get serious with him. But Cap has become a really interesting and well-rounded character. But yeah, I think he's dying this time around. There's a couple other things that are more noticeable by their absence in this trailer that people are kind of pointing out, of when they're all walking in the empty hangar, there seems to be this big gap that people are kind of implying or thinking that they're, that Marvel CGI'd out a character, like they CGI'd out the stones in the Infinity War trailer when Cap is fighting Thanos. Yes. Which... I agree. The rumors are, spoiler alert if you don't want to know, but again, this is just rumors. It's going to be Professor Hulk or Scientist Hulk, whatever whatever the definition of the character is when Banner and Hulk combine more or less into one thing. So you got the Hulk, except the super intelligent Hulk. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard those. I've also heard, which I don't know why you would CGI her out. I've heard Captain Marvel. Um, but I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I would think, uh, judging by the placement, I don't think so. Because one, it's a really big gap, and you don't need that big of a gap for Captain Marvel. Also, if Captain Marvel is like the key to solving this, wouldn't she be in the front of the line, not in the back? Yeah, no, I agree. Trust, and that that that's why I've kind of shot that down mentally, anyway. So, also initially, when this trailer debuted um, in the pregame before the Super Bowl. I got super excited because I was like, oh, awesome. They're going to show a trailer during the Super Bowl, not realizing that that was the trailer. I thought this was the trailer for the trailer because I was yeah. like, okay, you showed a little bit. Where's the rest of it? Because they really yeah. didn't show much. They're really keeping everything really close to the chest. Rumors I've heard are all the trailers that we've seen so far only show the first 30 minutes of the movie. Really? Yeah. What are you going to do with the rest of the movie? They're playing it really close to the chest. Which I kind of like. It makes me more curious. Well, because what, what other what, what other story are you going to tell? Are they going, cause are they going after Thanos or, or, or what? I, I don't know. I have so many questions with this, but I'm really excited that we don't know. In this age of knowing almost everything about movies and production and storyline stuff, we don't know anything about this. We can only speculate. What the, My only concern with Endgame is it may have Last Jedi Syndrome, which concerns me of people get so hung up on their own theories and speculation of what will happen that if it doesn't go exactly that way, people will respond harshly to it when it doesn't deserve it. Uh, that's fair. <coughs> but um, we'll see. This... I want a full trailer, but I don't, you know? Like, I want more footage, but more than anything, I just want the movie to get here. Uh, yeah, I, I've i always... You know me. I go back and forth on being excited for Marvel movies or not. Um, I think I'm probably more excited for this one than I have any other one just because of the possible implications. But then again... I, I felt the same for Civil War where I was really excited because I was like, oh, I'm right. We're going to see people die. 
and that then you saw then civil war happened. So now I feel like we are almost guaranteed to see death. But yes, I heard a really absolutely. interesting argument this time uh, today, actually, of why Endgame will be better than Infinity War, and that's due to the smaller cast. So you'll have more character-focused stuff and more emphasis on characters as opposed to, all right, we got to make sure everybody has at least one moment here. It's going to be more, like, character-driven and story-driven, which, not saying Infinity War wasn't. I really liked the story of Infinity War, but it did feel very crowded (laughs) at times. Yeah, no, it definitely felt crowded, which is one of the things I said was going to happen, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, look, man, I'm not always right, so I got to take advantage of the moments when I am. I'm not always right either, but I may be more on course than a lot of other people with our next story. Again, busting out my tinfoil hat. When there's smoke, there's fire, and there's fire surrounding Man of Steel too, and I'm not giving up on this yet. So there's all. This is a two-parter. One of them is more concrete than the other. Um, but the first part of it is supposedly, and this, this kind of gets me worked up a little bit, actually. Supposedly, the reason that we have not gotten a Man of Steel 2 yet is because Henry Cavill has not given approval for the script and for a director. He apparently like wants approval for the script and for the director and wants a producer's credit. That's just the rumor. Oh, before I, I dissect the crap out of this, Josh, e- ease my mind for a second here before I go on a blood pressure raising rant. Okay, so <laughs> if anything, this shows us that if it's true, then it shows us how passionate Henry is about about Superman. Just more adding more fuel to that fire that he's perfect for this. Uh I don't know if he deserves that kind of status, but I, I mean, I guess since you, if you're going to be, if the whole house burns down and you're the sole standing pillar left, uh, I, you know, we're going to build a memoriam to that pillar. So, I mean, sure. I guess if, if that, if, if he, if he's the reason that man of steel two happens and is actually pretty decent, then yeah, by all means, producer credit. And, okay, uh, I'll also say Henry Cavill's people, his uh, press people, have come out and vehemently denied all these rumors. And I completely agree with his people. I don't believe these rumors for a second. And here's why. This is not his first outing as Superman. If there's a Man of Steel 2, it will be his fourth. If he had issues... With a story or with a choice of director or a script, don't you think he would have brought it up sooner? If he didn't like the direction of his character, wouldn't he have spoken up in any of the three previous films? We have never once heard him complain about a character's, his character's direction. If anything, he's more vocal about wanting to make a story than anything else. He's pitched several stories of what he wants to see for Superman, but he's never complained. He's never complained about anything. All the words about Henry Cavill have always been what a positive guy he's been around, to have around, how much of a fan of Superman he is. He's a professional. I just, the person of Henry Cavill, I don't see this being the case. And if it was, why didn't he voice his complaints earlier? Zack Snyder, I don't agree with his vision of Superman at all. But if Henry Cavill, who's a big Superman person, had any issues with the character or the script or anything... You think he would have brought it up in the previous three films, not the fourth time. So what makes this time any different? Well, yeah. But I think it's people just wanting to start up a headline and maybe wanting to start a rumor, which this next part that's kind of attached to it is another where there's smoke, there's fire. But this one is definitely more of a rumor. So again, this by saying it is a rumor that allegedly... There is a uh, Superman cameo in Shazam, whether or not Henry Cavill returns or not. But if Henry Cavill doesn't return, who's doing Superman? Maybe like a far off in the distance Superman shot or something. Okay, I mean, actually, I wouldn't mind that. But again, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think, like I said in our predictions video... I'm willing to bet the house, as crazy as it sounds, 
Henry Cavill as Superman, not just Superman himself, although I think Superman will cameo in Shazam, I think it'll be Henry Cavill's Superman. Well, yeah, because who else would you have? I mean, I don't know. I think this whole thing's been blown out of proportion, and there's things that we just don't know that WB is just keeping hidden for now just because they don't they don't honestly they don't need to announce Man of Steel 2 that being said I I think it's happening I I genuinely do and these stories that are coming out just add smoke to the fire I think of add where there's smoke there's fire there there these stories wouldn't come up if they weren't there's there wouldn't be some form of basis to them in terms of maybe there's a Man of Steel maybe he is coming into the Shazam movie yeah and I, I, honestly, I think in some ways, we as fans, obviously there's only so much we, we can know. And I think from our perspective, sometimes it can look like the DC universe is on fire and WB is just trying to put out, put it, put it out. Where in fact, now with, with Zack Snyder out of the picture, maybe they're, it, the fire was out, put out right there, and they kind of are already on track with what they're wanting to do. Yeah, we don't know. It's like, as wrestling fans, we check the dirt sheets, we check the rumors online. Over the past few weeks, like half the, more than half the rumors that are being reported have been proven false. And I think that's the case here of people just stirring up headlines to be the first one to report something and not having all the information. Oh, yeah. Well, that's enough of Superman-related stuff today. Now, on to Deadpool and Fox. Disney, as we know, is acquiring Fox and all their assets, including X-Men and Deadpool, whenever that deal... It's more or less done, but we're just waiting for the ink to dry to make it official and whatnot. Uh, Disney, in a conference call with Bob Iger, which I'll also lump a couple other comments from Iger who I'm really growing to not like him as CEO of Disney, but I'll go more in depth than that in just a second. Uh, He's come out in the most recent, I think it was a conference call or something, um, saying that they would very much like to keep Ryan Reynolds on as Deadpool and keep making R-rated projects, not just Marvel ones, but other films like Alien and Predator, those type of Fox movies. Just have it clearly under the banner of Fox so people don't get it mixed up. And Deadpool and other R-rated Marvel characters could exist, but probably not in the MCU, kind of implying a separate adult-oriented Marvel universe. Okay. I... So, yeah. Marvel... (coughs) Oops, excuse me. Marvel has said what? All the way up up to this point. That everything they put out is connected, correct? Yeah, essentially. So, Except for that yeah. they claim that the TV shows are connected, but they're really not. Yeah, exactly. But so they've, they've been pretty firm on that claim. So you're going to tell me that they're going to make these quote-unquote adult-oriented you know, universe characters... So people like Lobo, uh, Deadpool, um, whatnot. Dude, oh, Lobo's DC. Right. Lobo's DC, might be. I've had Lobo on the brain a lot lately, and, he has no, and it totally has nothing to do with the fact of his appearance in Young Justice. But um, <clears throat> You're thinking of like Punisher or... Yeah, 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 exactly. Sorry, that the Punisher characters, you know, Deadpool's, uh, Deadman, whatever, you know, that whole dark universe that they have going on. Uh, even I would could you could even lump uh, constant actually a, a rated R uh, Constantine would be awesome. However, Constantine is also DC. God, mm. I am not on my game tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Um, regardless, it, you're gonna t- they're gonna make this 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 whole quote unquote adult oriented universe. I guess my I guess I proved my own point. What characters are you going to populate it with, and how are you going to sit here and say that they maybe don't the exist Netflix alongside? characters? Yeah, well, not really. I mean, maybe, but regardless, how, how, you, how are you going to 
I mean, have these characters exist in the same, literally the same space as your t- your movie characters, and they just never meet. No, they're saying they might do like a whole entirely separate universe, like a multiverse. So they're gonna put, so they'll like put somebody else's in his cap and somebody else in as just so it's no. Not connect- you no, got I- your main MCU, and then like over in. Earth, whatever, whatever. Here's your R-rated superheroes. Think, yeah, no, that that's that sounds stupid. No matter how you swing that to me, think DC multiverse essentially. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna rip off again. You're gonna rip off DC, you know, because you, it's more convenient than telling good stories. All right, cool. <sighs> well, I don't know. I as so long as it means we get to keep Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Fine with me. I'm totally okay with that. And also, so long as you don't make X-Men in this R-rated universe, because I I need X-Men and Fantastic Four and the MCU instead. And I think Kevin Feige more or less is called dibs on that. But but also almost uh, X-Men at least. Well, no, definitely X-Men and definitely Fantastic Four. It wouldn't make sense to make them rated R. Yeah, Fantastic Four is a family movie. Ain't that right, fan four stick? Yes. Well, not just that. Just how like abrupt would it be and take you out of the movie? Because like, yeah, I mean, sure, there's stories you can tell with X Men that could, I guess, quote unquote, warrant a rated R rating. But I wave this banner again. I don't think you need a rated R um, to tell a good story. I agree, but I don't know. What are, to Disney, it'll always be whatever brings in the money, let's do it, which brings up some other issues that I have with Iger in this whole conference call because he addressed the topic of video games. Oh, boy. Where do I even start with this one? Um, so somebody asked him along the lines of, would you guys ever consider doing more games with your franchises? And he's like, we tried games. We sucked at it. Gaming is hard. We're more than happy with licensing out, and we think EA in particular is doing a great job with Battlefront, with Star Wars, to which the whole fan community is just going, that facepalm gif of everyone in the audience. So, like, he's going to completely ignore... <laughs> he's gonna just I not swear, the dude has never picked up a single video game in his entire life. Like, I, I genuinely so think like... he doesn't know about the backlash <laughs> from Battlefront. And so does he also just not know the praise that Spider-Man got? Like, is that Seriously. not a thing? Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that... This man doesn't know what's going me? on. Yeah, that got a lot of people worked up. I'm still... I haven't forgiven Disney for canceling... I don't know if it was Disney, but uh, I still haven't forgiven whoever canceled that single-player story-based, uh, basically, Uncharted meets Star Wars that was going to be directed by Amy Hennig. I still have not forgiven them for canceling that. And then add on top of that, the fiasco that has been Battlefront 2 and... Yeah. uh, I want good Star Wars games again, uh, but Disney doesn't care. No. Crap, like, even... What what is he talking about that we we suck at him? Ultimate Alliance was really good. I don't know if that was, like, Disney themselves or if they licensed out stuff. And I I think Ultimate Alliance was before... Disney owned Marvel. Those games are older. Really? I think. I, I'll have to do some research Which, on that. Because piggybacking I, I off of that, though, you, like, Disney can make good games. Epic Mickey was fantastic. Oh, dude, the surprise hit. Like, yeah, that surprised the crap out of me. I love the first Epic Mickey. The second one, not as much, but I, it seemed like a cheap answer to me because Bob Iger, as someone that lives in the Florida area who get Disney is a big part of our lives. We get more of him or get it impacts us more because we're in the parks more. I I have not been a fan of this guy that's currently running Disney because the price hikes for the park have gone up almost three times a year since he's been involved. Like the prices keep getting higher and higher. Also, under his leadership, not a single original Attraction has come up. It's all based on something else, whether that be a movie or some other Disney franchise. 
the last thing that opened in a Disney park that was like completely new and fresh and original idea was 2006, and that was from the previous administration. Yeah, well, and that just adds to the fact that when's the last time we had something original come from Disney film-wise? Yeah, he's all about synergy and branding and franchises and, like, more or less just kind of whatever is going to appease the shareholders. And the frustrating thing is he was supposed to be out of power fairly soon, but he renewed his own contract to stay on for another two to four years. And I'm just like, come on, man. But from one man in charge of Disney to... A former Disney star, we have Zac Efron's Ted Bundy movie that was supposed to be coming out. Well, it still is coming out, but um, major red flags as it just got picked up by Netflix and will not be getting a theatrical distribution. Interesting. So, is that because they just released this documentary and somebody and somebody in charge was like, well, they know what they're doing. I think it's because early buzz has been not too positive for the movie. Everybody says that Zach Efron is a really good Ted Bundy, but the rest of the movie isn't that great. Which we saw the same thing happen with Andy Serkis's Jungle Book movie, Mowgli, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. And to be fair, if, if that's what happens, I'm okay with that being on Netflix, though, because then at least... Zach Efron's in, um, actual acting, because I've always thought he he ha- has some good ability. And you just don't you know, think he's Nightwing? It, no, I don't. But he's, I'd be super down for him as uh, as Hal Jordan. Ooh, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, think Netflix exactly. is just trying to get a monopoly yeah. on all things crime. Yeah, because why not right now? Yeah, nobody else really is. Nobody else is really doing crime that well. Seriously. And when did this whole crime obsession start? Like when people just love serial killer documentaries and specials? What when did this oh, that, just, it just kinda happen one day? No, nah, it's it's always been around. Trust me. Like I like I used to love them as a kid and uh those What does that really say about cheap... you? Oh yeah, I know. But um <laughs> but even if we're sitting here and talking about it, there's whole networks of uh, at whole channels on you know cable that are dedicated to just crime, just you know reenactments of hey like this person did this and this person did this you know what is it like Real Housewives of Death or whatever you know what I mean? There's all these like really cheaply done shows on just about crime, so it's it's always been an obsession. Trust me. Now yeah. as far as being like. Man, Ted Bunny is so hot. Like, no, stop. That's that. That's weird. This man has killed many people and eaten people. Well, like, stop. Like, don't. Oof. About that, I actually that does segue me perfectly into an argument that I've been making for a while. Is Zac Efron is absolutely the right choice to play Ted Bundy because he's attractive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Something clearly the people that are getting all up in arms about socializing Ted Bundy are the ones that clearly don't know a single darn thing about Ted Bundy. The reason he was able to get away with all the horrendous and awful things that he did was because he had so many people go, oh, I can never see him doing that. He was a flirt. He was a ladies' man. Women loved him. That's how he was able to get away with all the things that he did. So obviously, yes, you have to sexualize him because that's part of his story and of all the horrendous and evil things that he did. He was able to mask it because of his, for lack of a better charm, lack of a better word, charm and charisma. Exactly. It's like if I ever started killing people, people would be like, but he was so funny and like all he oh, really no. wanted was I, to kill himself. I think you've been red by for a while. Oh, screw you. <laughs> yeah. I, we worry, man. We worry. <laughs> Everybody does. It's okay. But hey, but, yeah, I at agree. least you're Regardless. not making a shark movie. Oh, gosh. Because, you know, that's what we need is another shark movie. Okay. What we're talking about is acclaimed visionary Tommy Wiseau. 
also known as the guy that did The Room, who wrote, directed, produced, and starred in. And by that, I'm being totally sarcastic when I say visionary director. The Room is like the best, worst movie ever made. It's glorious. Um, and so, this guy, this guy, he's making more movies, and he's throwing his hat in the ring with giant shark movies. He's making a movie naturally called Big Shark. I need to I'm see I'm done. It. I'm, I'm done. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I'm done. I, I can die now. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to do. I hope he pulls a Batman 66 and pulls out a, a shark repellent. I... I've told you how much I dislike shark movies, right? No. Go on that yeah. rant for a little bit. I haven't heard that. Okay. So, first of all, first of all, just as a concept, you are painting the, a completely false picture about an animal that is not known for, for killing people and it is not as dangerous as people give it give it credit for. Now, you know, granted, mm-hmm. you never wanna you'd never want to mess with a shark, but at the same time, like poke it in the eyes. Not, yeah, like they're not these they're not these human, you know, eating monsters that that's politicians. Yeah, exactly. However, so with the so there's that there, there's that issue I have with them. Second of all, in the realm of monster movies, they are the least effective because in all of the every single shark movie, it's not about the shark being like, ha, 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 I've done this. Like, I've got this intelligence. It's literally, oh, no, this is a bad scenario and there happens to be a shark here. I mean, like Deep Blue Sea. Yes, they're you know the 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 sharks are you know enhanced a little bit or something like that. But That's even the best then, ill death though it really is exactly. I understand, and I'm with you. It's a great moment. However, it uh, there's no reason for a shark, intelligent or otherwise, to go swim down the halls. It does. It's none of it makes sense, and the Meg is I, is okay, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I just in the realm of the monster movies, is when it comes to horror, they are the least effective, and there's so much schlock when it comes to shark movies that it's one of those like, all right, cool. So. In a world where we live in, that the, there are what is it nine Sharknado movies? Um, I'm pretty sure it's five. It might be seven. There's at least five. At least, regardless, I think five, six, five, five or six. Too many. I. Uh, they're really. Movies, you don't like any yeah. of them. Oh, I I hate them. Oh, with a burning passion. They're the worst worst kind of B movie to me. See, I love all of them but the first one. The first one took itself way too seriously. They, they, I think this Tommy Wiseau movie will have the same spirit of Sharknado, whether it realizes it or not, because it's so self-aware and how stupid it is. I hope Tommy goes down that route. That being said, I don't think he will. But uh, it's going to be a train wreck either way, and who can't take their eyes off a train wreck? Well... That's fair, I guess. That's why probably people, a lot of people just watch me exist. Yeah. That's just <laughs> stupid. It's all rude. <laughs> what? Well, our last news topic of the day will also segue us perfectly into our discussion, and that is uh, earlier today, we're recording this on a different day, we're recording this on a Thursday, the new Pet Cemetery trailer came out, and boy, was I wrong. That first Pet Cemetery trailer... I did not like, and I was starting to write off this movie. This trailer terrified the crap out of me, and I'm so hyped for this movie. Although, although, there is one scene in the trailer that I could not take seriously because it has a whole bunch of kids wearing um, animal masks, 
And so it made me think about Wicker Man and I died laughing and then I got scared and and then I got nervous again. So I was right back on track. But for a couple seconds, I was like, uh-oh, I'm having Wicker Man flashbacks. Look, man, as long as... <laughs> As long as nobody dresses up in a bear costume and punch, punches a woman in the face, I think we'll be okay. Oh, no, dude. If that happens, I'm so on board. <laughs> it's not a bear this time. Someone punches the cat. Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, I'm with you, dude. This one is, like, leagues, leagues more terrifying than the first one. Oh, yeah. The and original kind of, one is it, not terrifying at all. Exactly. We well, laughed. Exactly, and but even that. So I'm not actually that familiar with the original. Uh, Are you not there when we watched it? No, I was not. So I've never seen the original, but I'm already really on board with this. I wasn't. I don't remember in any of the promotional material or anything that I've read about the original Pet Cemetery about there being like a demon or something in the woods. Um which I found very fascinating and I thought it added something to this story of a patch of ground that brings people back, but they're not all the way back. So I don't know. It's, it seems really interesting to me. Yeah. I don't remember anything in the woods either. I just remember the spot where you buried and they come back. Um, the effects look a ton better than the original, the original. It always just seemed like weird, cheesy, like half hearted zombie makeup that just made them look pale. Mm. I don't remember there being something in the woods. This just had a really creepy and unsettling vibe. The, like, the mask that they used just freaked the crap out of me. However, I do have one complaint about the trailer. And it's it's kind of nitpicky, but you kind of expect nothing less from me at this point. And that's late in the trailer. You see uh, John Lithgow's character walking up some stairs, and you get a close-up of his Achilles tendon, and then there's a kid with the mask, and then they cut to him wincing in pain because it looks like a kid slid his Achilles tendon. So that is a callback to a very iconic scene from the original, one of the only scenes in the original one that made me wince, just going, "Eh, nope, because that character gets their Achilles tendon slit. I think what the trailer should have done is show his Achilles tendon and then show the kid's head popping up, and then you cut from there you don't see his reaction to the pain you don't see the kid start to swipe for the leg because it'll be it i think that would have been a better callback to the original like people know the ankle slicing part i think that would have been better and more effective and just kind of imply it but i think that could also be this year's version of a quiet places uh stepping on the nail scene true okay i got you with that but um, i love this trailer i got a. it's weird i got a very much a, a good night mommy trailer vibe for yes. those of you who've not seen it go look up good night mommy and good luck sleeping tonight because uh well and that's funny because i've only ever seen the trailer for that movie and i've yet to get my hands on a copy of that movie because i've been wanting to watch it for forever i've seen it and it's more messed up than the trailer Oh, okay. Of course. Of course. That only makes me want to watch it more. It's real messed up. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's foreign film. They, they they do whatever they want. Oh, man. But yeah, you got yeah, the trailer, Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm great, man. I have a thing for foreign films. Um, <laughs> but you got a thought about I, this? I, about listen, Pet Cemetery? I'm, I'm going to have a thought about Pet Cemetery. Uh, um, so the vibe that I got actually from this was like a supernatural, uh, strangers. Yeah. And and it's mostly because of the masks and because of how creepy it is when they pop out of nowhere. Um, those masks, man, the masks are selling it because right now you you didn't sell me in the first trailer, but this, this trailer, they sold me. Well, yeah, and you know how little faith I have in child actor, actors in horror movies. But, I mean, th- this past year was a pretty pretty decent year for, for kid actors. So, I mean, I could be completely wrong from here. In particular. No, 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 no. Well, and it begs the question then, is something like making him do this? Because he sounds, he doesn't sound like he does to the rest of the trailer in that scene. Yeah. He sounds like he's possessed. Like Amityville Horror type of thing? 
Yeah. But, oh, I I wasn't on board with it, but this trailer freaked the crap out of me, and now I'm definitely on board. So in honor of that, we thought for discussion day, we kind of break up the routine. We've been covering a lot of superhero-related topics lately. We wanted to break up the routine a little bit and talk horror, our favorite. Um, more specifically, Stephen King. He's the definition of hit or miss. So today, we thought we'd cover some of his hits and his misses. But before we I do that... I just want to point out... Real quick, I just want to point out real quick that you said we're gonna break our our little uh, our little uh, thing right now, be and stop talking about uh, superhero movies because literally, and I love and I think this is hilarious about us is it we literally only talk about either superhero movies or horror. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll break that trend once there's news topics that aren't superhero related. Before we get into Stephen King, we need a sponsor that isn't Wendy's because I'm mad at them right now. <laughs> I have bad experiences with fast food, apparently. <laughs> Did they screw up your four for four? <laughs> no, they straight up didn't give me one of my four for fours. What? I ordered three and I got two, but I got three drinks. <laughs> well, Wendy's, this is us calling you out, man. You have some of the base, best roast posts on I'm Twitter. I'm going to hit him up on Twitter, man. I, I don't know, dude. That might be asking for it. <laughs> Which, speaking of comic books, did you see Wendy's recently sided with Marvel? No. <laughs> and then, like, some fans are just, like, bandwagoner. And then that dude who runs the Wendy's Twitter account literally just ran a whole bunch of his favorite uh, Marvel comic storylines from 2018. Oh my goodness! And I was Get like, out "Oh, here. don't mess with Wendy's." Oh god! But Stephen King doesn't mess with Wendy's. I feel like Wendy was the name of one of the characters in one of his books, more than likely. But I mean, it's gotta be. There's no way that he's written as many books as he has, and not one character is named Wendy. Yeah, probably. Oh, Wendy! Yeah, exactly. In your best Samoa Joe voice, but um. Stephen King is literally, to me, the definition of hit or miss. You've got some of the best films of all time based off of his work, and then you have Dreamcatchers with the poop weasels. Yes. So, Uh. Josh, off the top of your head, what would you say is probably your favorite Stephen King movie? Mm. If you have one. (laughs) That's the question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of my favorite horror movies of all time is a Stephen King movie, and that's 1408. That, to me, I'll always say is its most underrated by far. It, it, I, I continuously meet people that have never seen that movie, and it always blows my mind because it is incredible. It's so good. It's, it's, to me, it's more than a horror movie. Oh, absolutely. And so, fun fact, I did a little research. What? Yeah, I know, right? Um, Apparently, it's only based... That one is unlike a lot of his other films where that are based on, like, actual big books that he's written. 1488 is only based on, like, a short story that he wrote in 1999. Well, funny you say short story, because my favorite Stephen King movie is also based on a short story. Known as Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. That's the name of the short story. And, of course, the movie is one of the best films ever made, The Shawshank Redemption. That, oh, dude, Shawshank Redemption is just my jam, man. I could watch that. Happy, sad, angry, mad. It doesn't matter. Shawshank is just beautiful. It really It's the best prison break. Yeah, besides Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, I remember growing up Always hearing about Shawshank Redemption And I just I never really had desire to And then I finally saw it And it was just like This This is something incredible It's so good So my dad He There's a lot of celebrities He doesn't like Just because Of their political opinions To me I I try not to let People's political opinions 
sway my opinion of them as a person. But my dad doesn't really like Morgan Freeman or Tim Robbins that much because of their political views. Even he's just like, nope, Shawshank is just one of the perfect movies. It's just too good. I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. It's got gorgeous cinematography by Roger Deakins, which should have got him an Academy Award. And I think he finally has one now. Thank God. Um, Shawshank is just the best. And I'm determined one day, one day, I'm going to make a video out of an old article I did uh, back in the day when I wrote blogs of how the movie Holes and the Shawshank Redemption are the same movie. Well, obviously. There's a lot of connections. But I love the Shawshank Redemption. And more than anything, I love the score for the soundtrack. Um Thomas Newman wrote the music, the same guy that did um, Saving Mr. Banks, Finding Nemo. It's got beautiful music, especially the end titles when the credits start rolling. Uh, you know how in Age of Ultron, Hulk has that, like, the sun's getting real low, bud, to, like, kind of make him Bruce Banner again? If I'm, yeah. like, ever super angry or pissed at anything, end titles from Shawshank Redemption are, like, my immediate, all right, you're mellowed out, go to sleep. It's so calming. It's so tranquil. The movie is so inspiring, so hopeful. I, uh, it's so not Stephen King, and that's maybe why I like it, as awful as that sounds. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because Stephen King is responsible for movies like 1408, for movies like... Um, the Green Mile. Like Shawshank Redemption, like The Green Mile. But then also The Dark Tower and Children of the Corns, all of those uh, sequels. and uh, What's the one where, with the evil cars? Um, I maximum have no idea. Overdrive. Oh. With the Green Goblin well, even, truck. How do, you, how do you feel about the Carrie remake? Uh, not a fan. I mean, it's just a shot-for-shot shot remake, so. <laughs> Plus, I don't buy, um, what's her name? Uh, hit girl. Um, I don't buy her as the awkward nerd. Yeah, she's too too attractive. It just doesn't work. Which, yeah. The Green Mile is another one. I, I much prefer dramatic Stephen King over horror Stephen King because horror Stephen King is kind of all over the place, but dramatic Stephen King can be really good. I love The Green Mile, too. That's another one of those make grown men cry type movies. Absolutely. Um, let's see. What else we got? What else oh, is... What's I think one that... A lot of people grew up watching, and I think what I feel pretty confident saying it's probably Heather's favorite, or the one that she's seen the most, is Stand By Me. Okay. I feel like that's a really popular Stephen King one. I think that that one's fine. I like it enough. Yeah. It's it's okay. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, uh, there's the biggie. The one that, ironically, um, he's not a fan of. The Shining. Oh, my goodness, I detest that movie. You don't like it? I I do not like The Shining. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't either. I think The Shining is kind of overrated. I've seen it two or three times now, and every time I struggle to stay awake, I really do. People are like, it's a masterpiece. I'm like, it's so dull. It's not suspenseful. Stephen King didn't really like it to the point that he made a TV movie version of The Shining, more or less to fix what he had issues with the movie. The movie's still better, obviously. Obviously. But, and that's the thing is, I've never, as far as The Shining goes, I've never been that that big of a fan of Jack um, Nicholson. Nicholson? Uh, he's he's okay, but, in, and even in the movie, like, I mean, yeah, he's crazy, and he really sells that he's nuts, but... That's just Jack Nicholson on a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly, like... I don't know what you want us to just to, to think. That being said, they are making Doctor Sleep into a movie soon, which is the sequel to The Shining with an adult yeah. version of Danny, and Danny's played by my boy Ewan McGregor. So you know, you know, I'm going to be there to see that. Yeah, you're, you're gonna your butt's gonna be in the seat no matter what. Oh yeah, like I'm not opposed to the movie to the concept of The Shining. What the movie's actually about, I think. You can get something scary out of that. I think, though, that since it's a Stanley Kubrick movie, people kind of overpraise it. And that's, yeah. I know that's blasphemous to say in the film community, but I th I've always thought The Shining was just okay. 
Yeah. Um, so then we, since we're talking, we're on the horror track right now. Um, how do you feel about the, the 2007, the mist? So the thing with the mist is I have a friend who was a groomsman in my wedding that he will die on his sword that the mist is the worst movie he's ever seen. And I always laugh. Really? It's like. Why? Because he hates the ending. That's that's the only reason? Yeah, he thinks the ending ruins it for him. So, spoiler alert for those people that care about a 12-year-old movie, the end of The Mist sees a bunch of survivors of The Mist all in a car, and more or less this guy shoots them all so they're not suffering anymore, and then he kills his kid, more or less to take the kid out of his suffering, so then the man is left to suffer by himself. And as soon as everyone in the car is dead and the man thinks he has to suffer for the rest of his life, whatever time he has left, the fog, is, the mist is lifted and people come, the army comes and saves the day. So he just killed his kid for nothing. Yeah. I, I love like, that. That's ending. so stupid. I'm like, maybe, maybe the mist needed to be sent to sacrifice or something. But even then, like as a as a plot device, I think that's incredibly smart. It's if you're going to have write a movie about hope and about turmoil, like there's always you should never think that it is the end. You know what I mean? Like it's just because it looks like the end doesn't mean it is. I don't know. I enjoy the film a, a lot. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. He's had far worse, the Langoliers. Oh, far worse. Before oh, we start so talking about movies. the the bad ones, huh? I want to touch. I want to touch touch on the masterpiece that has been the It remake. I hope you don't mean that sarcastically. Oh no, not at all. I I love I, the new It. I think, and man, I might get shot for this, but I think it's leagues better than the first one. Oh, no. It is by far better than the original. The original does I not love, hold up anymore. No. Minus and Tim I Curry's love, It. I, well, see, I love Tim Curry's It, but he, it's not creepy because it is creepy. It's creepy because Tim Curry is a creepy dude. Hey, Tim Curry's a beautiful man. I love it. You're I mean, you're not wrong, but he when he wants to be creepy, Tim Curry is creepy. Oh yeah, and, and there's unsettling. a reason he didn't get Joker in Batman the animated series is because he was too creepy. Exactly. So, I the original does its thing, but it's the the show itself is just bad. It's not well timed. It it just. It's, I've watched it's my the nostalgia opinion. critic version of the original It more times than I've seen the actual movie of It. Like yes. I can have fun with the original It, but new It is so much better. The characters are more defined. Well, most of them, except for like the two minority characters who, frankly, are bigger characters in the second half. Yes. Well, exactly. So the dude that offs himself real quick. Yeah. So I mean, it the it. In some ways, it wasn't going to take much for the new for the remake to be better. But then, however, when the remake came along. It destroyed everyone's expectations and became the highest grossing so horror good. movie opening weekend ever, and made a crap ton of money. Well, even that, but like, dude, like it is terrifying. Oh yeah, like it, he. There is at no point. Am I like I? Even when he's doing his little dance in the carnival thing, yeah, we've made a meme out of it. But in that I moment, that I was meme, like, by the way, oh, I love that meme. It's great. Um, but even in that moment, in that when you're watching the film for the first time, it's one of those whoa, 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 what's going on? What's he doing? Because you don't trust him. There's no no reason to trust him up to this point. And so, oh, it's just it's a fantastic film. I do like that the re- that the new one, when Pennywise says "You'll float too," they actually show what he means by that. Like 
in the original, yes. he keeps saying, you'll float too, you'll float too. And then you never get what he means by that. I was just kind of was like, does he mean like we're going to float down the river dead or something? Like, no, like yeah. it actually makes sense in this new one of some creepy stuff's going to go down in the sewers. I will say, though, I am apprehensive about chapter two for it, primarily because the first half is definitely the stronger half, I think, than the second half when they're adults. But I have enough faith in the team that they can deliver a good second half, especially considering how stacked of a cast it chapter two has. Oh, totally. Like, they have the old Spice guy for crying out loud. <laughs> the, look back uh, at it. Now look back at me. Now look back at it. Now look back at me. <laughs> is he a clone or is he is your worst fears? Now look back at me. The, the, and the thing is, too, and I think maybe they're going to feel the pressure a little bit, but now that they've delivered so hard, so hard on the first half of the story, you literally either go all the way and go go hard or go home at this point. You know what I mean? Like, you either knock it out of the park or you make a subpar sequel. And honestly, with everybody that's involved with this film, I don't see how they're going to pull off a subpar sequel. Yeah, well, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. I, I forget when it is. I think it's September. So trailer soon, hopefully. Probably come. I have on. to wait till September. Yeah. It feels like I've been waiting forever. Yeah. When was chapter one? 2017? Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think the problem we run into with a lot of Stephen King movies is there's like this boom period of like 80s and 90s where he had a whole bunch of them. And a lot of them were very much of their time. We'll put it that way. And, like, they were feared and, like, the name and horror in their time. And now you look at them and they're laughably bad. Like, most notably, Children of the Corn, to me, does not hold up. Oh, no, not at all. Now, it's funny more than anything else. Oh, yeah. But with this Pet Cemetery remake, I can't tell you how down I would be if he announced the Children of the Corn remake. Yeah, if, oh, oh, like, maybe get one of the Stranger Things kids, probably just because they just keep appearing in these Stephen King movies. It's because they're some of the top children actors out right now, so. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe you could actually make Children of the Corn scary. I think what's what's working in Pet Cemetery's favor this time around is they're actually going full force of terror, terror, terror. Like, originally... Stephen King, this is the one. Pet Cemetery is the one that scared Stephen King so much that he almost didn't release it because it scared even him, the dude making it. So if done properly, oh, God, no. No, no, no. We're all screwed. <laughs> You're all doomed. Just like the beginning of a Friday the 13th, that type of Herald character. Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, what else do we got? I'm looking at a list. We've got Cujo, which essentially is if um, the big dog from Sandlot went evil. And to be fair, I've never seen Cujo, right? Same. But I have seen scenes from Cujo. And, like, I saw them at that, like, perfect age. And, to the, uh, like, maybe between, like, 8 and 10. To where, like, I hadn't like a recurring nightmare every now and then, like maybe once every few months of like a dog, like running around the neighborhood, just tearing through everybody. Beethoven has gone to the devil. Exactly. Like, because that concept to Stephen King's credit, that concept is quite terrifying. I thought we were getting, I had heard rumors a while back, but this was a while. So plans may have changed. I thought I heard rumor of a Cujo remake. I mean, it's just another shark, uh, shark movie, but with a dog. So are you opposed to that? Uh, no. I, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I don't know. It, it would depend on what dog they picked, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I'm surprised we made it this far without talking about one of the most cringe-inducing Stephen King movies yet. But for the right reasons, not like Shyamalan cringeworthy. Misery. Primarily because I haven't seen Misery. You may not have seen Misery, but you know the scene in question with the board between the feet. Do I? That's the one where James Caan is strapped to a bed by Annie Wilkes, um, who more or less is like the big fan of the writer. Family Guy parodied it. Parodied it. That's hard to say. So like James Caan's character's um, bedridden. She puts a cinder block between his feet and then takes a sledgehammer to his ankles to break his ankles. I haven't seen this. What? That's like the one of the most iconic scenes in any Stephen King movie, and it's like, uh, nope. Yeah, she puts this like two by four piece of wood between his feet while he's in bed, and takes a sledgehammer to both feet. How have I not seen this? Yeah, look, oh. look up misery scene. That's all you have to look up is just misery scene, and oh that I'm goodness. sure is the first thing that'll come up. Jeez. When it comes to Stephen King, when he's on, oh boy, is he on. But then when he's off, mm. oh boy, is he off. <laughs> like he's had some stinkers, like the Langoliers with the blind girl that can see things, and then there's like meatballs that eat worlds or something, and they get trapped yeah. between time or if I remember correctly. Then you got that one with their, like the cat people. <laughs> oh, there's just so, uh, let's not even talk about the dark tower re- uh, movie, which should have worked. No, Look it really should have. And it should have just, worked. They, they just kind of like did like the wrong section of the, of the story first. Yeah, there's too much story there. The cast was solid. Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, I'm in. But the thing well, is, the Dark Tower like, is part of a huge series that like requires yeah. a lot of extensive detail. If you said, we're doing a Dark Tower Netflix show, great. That fits better. Speaking of Netflix, uh, Gerald's Game, also fantastic Stephen King movie. Yeah, I, I think, so the thing about Steven is that his terrible movies are also very forgettable. Unlike, unlike Shyamalan who literally for a while there, that's all they put out, but they're not forgettable. Terrible. Like lady in the water is awful, but I can still quote you lines and still tell you how crazy and weird that movie is. It's a weird fever dream of a movie. It really is. But on the same on the same token, when Stephen Stephen King's movies are bad, like Shining, I can't I can't remember anything um, as far as how terrible the movie is. I just remember being like, "This movie's awful." Oh no, not so much with like his movie movies, but like his TV specials. I can remember some of yes. those being atrociously bad, but still at a point of like entertainingly bad. Yeah, they're never just absolute trash because even even dark tower is is a fun watch albeit stupid and nonsensical there's at least moments that are like whoa that was cool or i like these characters or whatever you know what i mean yeah i dark tower had so much potential but there's so much other lore involved with it that you can't just cram into a movie that probably would have fit better as a tv show also, one more thing before we wrap this up. So, how familiar are you with it, the book? Um, not very, but I've, uh, be it that I became a big fan of the most recent remake. I, I did like uh, read into like articles and stuff like that about it. So, do you know about the turtle? The turtle. So apparently, I have not read it, so I. May not have all my information about this, but apparently in the book, the arch enemy of Pennywise, like the thing that can defeat him, is like 
this spiritual god that takes the form of a turtle that's like super psychedelic and everything. And so more or less to get the information that they need to defeat Pennywise, all the kids get high and meet around a campfire and talk to this spiritual turtle. Interesting. And apparently they may include the turtle in some capacity in chapter two, to which I'm just going, oh, oh, honey. Just no. So that's possible. I can There's a reason it wasn't in the original. It. Hey, guys, let's get high and see a turtle that helps us beat a clown. Uh, yeah, but he's not a clown. And they've been doing, they've done a very good job as in the first one of showing, like, this is just the form that he takes. Again, celestial turtle. Okay, listen. You're, ta- you're saying that to the wrong guy, okay? Because. I have read a book, or, or not. You just, have read, read a read, book. I sh- shush. I have thoroughly enjoyed a book that the character, the whole world that it takes place on, is like this flat disc that's being carried upon a, t- a turtle's back that's swimming through the cosmos, which is also like an actual like theory of existence. Too is that we're all just like the, the our reality is just balancing. No, our reality is just balancing on the back of a turtle uh, swimming through the cosmos. Like that's a legit like th- uh, cosmic theory. Anyway, which is it, I'm not saying that I subscribe to it, but that's like a thing that is actually written down and somebody thought it was a thing. Speaking <laughs> of subscribe. Whoever's listening to this, you guys should absolutely subscribe to whatever audio listening device you're listening to us on, whether that be YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, or on the website. I think that about Shame does it for us because we're getting weird and trippy out here, man. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I mean, at this point, I, I, I don't care. They, they could, I trust them enough with the material for them to do, do everything justice. So yeah, I I agree. I'll I'm excited for it chapter two, and I'm sure it won't be the end of Stephen King adaptations. So oh, Stephen Lord King's no. kind of all over the place. He's got good. He's got bad. Um, we just barely touched on it today. There's so much more we could have discussed. But yeah, that's kind of our thoughts on Stephen King as a whole. What do you guys think? Let us know. Um, but yeah, like we said, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We really appreciate it. We love your feedback. We want to hear from you guys. And as always. Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.